Okay. So, if you guys listened to our Mother's Day episode, you heard about our monstrosity drawings. And we showed our moms our drawings of their favorite animals combined into one. (laughs) Jayla, how did your mom react? Well, so I was on FaceTime with my mom, and I showed her the drawing. I was like, hey, mom, do you remember when I asked you all of your favorite animals? And, of course, she goes, no. (laughs) I'm like, well, I do. So here it is, and I showed it to her, and she's like, what is that? It's like, it's all your favorite animals combined into one. Do you love it? (laughs) Thankfully, I was also on a call with my cousin, and she's nine. And she was like, oh my gosh, I want to see that in a zoo. Which was great. So... That's that's the reactions I got from the. Uh, I love it. Tarot. What is it called? The Tefo. Uh, Terfenti Cola Pup. Terfenti Cola Pup. <laughs> I, uh, so I drew my mom's and then I showed it to her. And I was like, So, mom, remember how I asked you for all of your favorite animals? And she was like, Yeah. And I was like, Well, Jayla combined all of her mom's favorites into one. And so she challenged me to do it, so I did. So here's your new favorite animal. <laughs> the Dulcie Humpty. <laughs> and she just looked at it with, like, this blank stare of just... <laughs> what? <laughs> it was... She was not impressed. She was not interested in it at all. She was kind of disturbed by it. <laughs> She just was like, it was just this blank stare of like slight disgust and just like, but why? And no. (laughs) I was like, it's your new favorite animal. And she was just like, okay. (laughs) She just completely was nope. (laughs) Not accepted. It was so good. No, she didn't like it. She was slightly disgusted by it. She tried to be like, it was fine. I was like, no, you can't deny your first reaction. <laughs> you can't take that back. Uh-uh. I wish I, I recorded it. It was so good. I know it's terrifying. That's the point. <laughs> oh, man, it was so funny. So, we're go- basically, both of our moms don't like their new versions of their favorite animals. <laughs> Truly monstrosities in their eyes. <laughs> But they love us anyways. They do. They do. Hello, animal lovers. Welcome to the Animal Facts Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Jayla. We just want to remind everyone that we are not professionals, just animal enthusiasts. We love learning about them, talking about them, and discovering new ones. And all the crazy things that they can do. There are so many animals out there, and they are all so different. If we are misinformed, please email us at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com so we can correct ourselves. Some of the things we say may also just be our opinions. So just a reminder, we are enthusiasts, not professionals. Thanks Thanks for for joining joining us. Enjoy! Well, welcome to Animal Facts. I'm Nicole. And I'm Jayla. 
Um, and we realized we didn't really give, like, introductions of who we are. We just kind of been doing random questions. So today we're going to give you, like, a little minuscule introduction and basically describe what pets we have. <laughs> so I'm Nicole. I live with my husband and my almost-year-old baby. Um, and uh, I have two dogs. I have an Alaskan Malamute mix. Mm. Um and I also have a Catahoula Leopard dog. So, those are my two dogs. Their names are Harley and Quinn. Nice. They're super cute. They are. I haven't cute. personally met them yet. <laughs> which... <laughs> because of COVID. <laughs> feels ridiculous, exactly. But, one day. Yes. Um, yes, one day you will. Yeah. I'm Jayla. We said that. But... I'm Jayla. <laughs> I live with my spouse, Nolan, and we have two cats. We have Edward, who's orange and fluffy. Um, they're both rescues. And we have Mocha, who is kind of tortoiseshell, and she gets really fluffy when she's interacting with something that she's not used to. So like another cat or a dog. <laughs> she kind of turns into this big fluffy raccoon. That's adorable. Yeah. I'm excited when I get to meet them. Yes. One day. I get lots of videos of them, though, and I enjoy it. Alrighty. So, to jump on in, trivia time. Um, Alright, question number one. What mammal holds the record for the highest number of vertebrae? Hmm. Question number two. What has strong enough claws to potentially dig up concrete? Oh, these are all facts and I didn't question, know. And question number three. What is believed to be the most trafficked mammal in the entire world? Are you ready? Drum roll! The pangolin! Ooh. Not penguin, pangolin. <laughs> pangolin. Um, so, real quick, there is no official name for a group of them, so they're all just called pangolins, uh, because they're kind of solitary. So I was thinking, we could try to come up with our own name for a group of pangolins. <laughs> what would you call a group of pangolins? And we can think of it while we tell each other information about them. Because, you know, maybe something will strike our imagination to think of something clever. That's true. Or our listeners could think of something clever of what we could call a group of pangolins. Maybe by the end of the podcast, we'll have an idea. There you go. We'll report back then. <laughs> but think about it. What would we call a group of pangolins? Um, and then there are actually eight types of pangolins. Um, we will be talking about them as a general species, um, with a few probably, like, specifics towards each species. Um, unlike our red fox episode where we talked about just red foxes instead of the 37 types of them. Um, we'll be talking about pangolins, like, generally. Um, but there are four types. There's four that are, that live in the 
like Asian region and then four that live in the African region. Um, so the four Asian pangolins are Chinese pangolin, Suda or Malayan, Malayan pangolin, Indian or thick-tailed, and then the Philippine, Philippian? Philippine. Philippine, okay. Um, pangolin. And then the four African ones is Cape or Temenix? Ground pangolin. Um, white-bellied or tree pangolin. Giant pangolin, or also known as the giant ground pangolin. And black-bellied or long-tail pangolin. So, those are the ones we will be talking about. You got all of the different varieties variations of their names i just had like one for each (laughs) so way to go (laughs) and then one last really cool fact that i discovered that i want to just address first is there is a day dedicated to pangolins it is called world pangolin day that's so cool and It takes place on the third Saturday in February, so this year it landed on February 20th of 2021. That's so cool. Right? I kind of wish I would have known. Right? I wish we would (laughs) have... I totally would have celebrated. Yeah. We could have done something. We could have made a pangolin pie. (laughs) Oh, no. Which will be terrible, and you will find out later why. Bedlin soup. Um, uh, oh, sorry. Also, just in general, there really isn't a ton of information on pangolins. Scientists are still trying to research them, and just in general, they're they're their own mystery. So we found what we could, but it's not a lot, but it's enough. <laughs> okay. So to start with their appearance, um, they look like an armadillo, an anteater, and a pine cone had a love child. (laughs) They have um, small, narrow faces, and then their bodies are a lot bigger, and then they have really long tails. Um, And then they have short, stubby legs, and their front legs have, like, really large, curved claws, so they can't really walk on their front legs. But their back legs, they kind of walk on and use their giant tails to balance with. They do walk on all fours, just not fast, and it's mostly used, like, when they're digging and looking for food and stuff. They're and really then, cute. If you don't know what they look like, you need to look them up and watch them walk. They're, they're adorable. adorable. They, they, like, look like they're just kind of creeping along. <laughs> I love them so much. They're so cute and so funny. Because um, they walk on their back legs. They do. And they just tuck their claws. <laughs> And then their biggest, like, feature about them is that they are covered in scales. Um, basically, like, an armor. And they're the only mammal covered in scales. Their scales are made up of keratin, which is the same stuff of our fingernails, hair, or, like, rhino horns. So it's nothing, like, super amazingly special and unique. It's just basically clumps of hair and then i also discovered that bear claws are made of keratin Hmm, i didn't know that but it makes sense fingernails yeah that's true so um their coloring they range from anywhere from like light to dark brown grays olivey tones sometimes they have like yellowy brown tones um and then their size because there's a range of the different species they their size range is pretty vast 
So the smallest pangolin is the black belly or long tail pangolin, and it weighs about two to seven and a half pounds. Um, and then the and they're about thirty three to forty four inches in length, with like a twenty four inch tail. And I think their total length is including the tail, or I'm not, or it's like that's their length and then plus the tail. I really don't know. <laughs> And then it had, that's the one that has the most vertebrae. It has 75 vertebrae, 47 of which is just in its tail. That makes sense. Isn't that crazy, though? such a long tail. That's That's a lot. So many. And then the largest is the giant pangolin, and it weighs more than 70 pounds. And it can grow to be more, like, more than four feet long. So, in general, based if you, like, go from the smallest to the largest, they can be anywhere from, like, three and a half pounds to 73 pounds and anywhere from one to four feet long. Wow. Also, their scales make up 15 to 20 percent of their weight. Isn't that crazy? I know. Their scales... That's some heavy armor. (laughs) Well, it is. It protects them quite well. Their tongues are insane. So they have really long tongues that when they're extended, like fully extended, they're longer. It's longer than their entire body. Isn't that insane? Can you imagine just slurping that up, like having to retract it into your body? Where does it go? Okay, like, so. Does it, it just coil? I, I, I think it might coil. I don't know. But it hangs out when they're not using their tongue. It just kind of hangs out in their chest cavity. And it doesn't actually oh. connect. <laughs> it doesn't actually connect in their mouth. It connects to the bottom of their ribs. Oh, weird. Right? Their tongue goes all the way down to their ribs. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that but insane? when you said that it just hangs out, I was thinking that they just hang out with their tongue, <laughs> like walking around and like just flopping out. Yeah. No. Or it's just flopping Hanging around. Loose has a different meaning. It just kind of follows them as they walk with their little arm, their little arms. Yeah, their tongue dragging behind them, picking up everything. Gross. No, I. It's like in their body, but it hangs out like in their chest cavity area. That's so crazy. I just think it's so crazy that it connects to the bottom of their rib cage, though. That is wild. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine if your tongue went all the way down your esophagus, like, and connected to your rib cage? Like. I wonder. What. <laughs> How many more times would I choke on my food? Ugh. Or choke on your tongue. Ugh. Dang. No thanks. Interesting. And then their tail is used to help them climb trees and to latch onto things. Um, It's also mostly used for balancing and walking. And then it's also used as a weapon against predators, which I'll talk more about that later. And that is their general description. Nice. Pangolins are really cool. They're Look so cute. They're really cute. And the babies are adorable. I know. I love them so much. I wish I could cuddle one, but it would probably hurt. <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh. So, penguins don't have a whole lot of history either. What I found, it jumps from 400 million years ago all the way up to now. And there's not a whole lot of in between. <laughs> it's a really big, uh, really big gap. <laughs> right. <laughs> so fitting yeah they're actually pretty crazy and pretty old obviously yeah not like one pangolin isn't super old but the species as a whole is pretty old (laughs) (laughs) yes 
So we talked about the different types of pangolins, and this is just a generalization too. This isn't about one specific um, species. It's not just about the Chinese pangolin or the Philippine pangolin or the whatever, uh, ground, ground pangolin. Um, but in general, they are listed by the IUCN, which is International Union of for conservation of nature um, between vulnerable and critically endangered, depending on which species you're looking at. It just has that range. That's like pretty high in near extinction levels. So sad. Yeah. And because of that, though, they are only found in Asia and Africa. They were, however, found fossils of pangolins from more than 40 million years ago in Europe. So at one point, they lived in Europe, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. They diverged from their shared ancestors about 60 million years ago, which is from the insectivorous um, that preceded the placental mammals. So placental mammals, which I obviously could have figured out, but I looked up (laughs) anyways, are mammals. It's nice to have it. Yeah. Uh, Placental mammals are obviously mammals that have placenta, uh, which includes all living mammals except marsupials, so kangaroos, um, or any baby that is attached to a mom's lower nipple on on their bellies and is usually protected by a pouch or monotremes, which are egg-laying mammals. So like the the platypus. platypus. Ah. Exactly. You know, I honestly wouldn't have made those connections (laughs) well i had a look into what a placental mammal was which is obviously a mammal with placenta which i could have figured out if i just broke down the words but the marsupial and monotremes i didn't necessarily know what a monotreme was so that's pretty cool it ties back to our first podcast it does i don't think i would have i didn't realize they didn't have placentas though yeah isn't that weird Huh. They're in a different category. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense because, like, when you, like, learn about them, it makes sense. But mm-hmm. you just don't make that connection until it's kind yeah. of in my face. <laughs> Those placentas. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> to summarize all of that information, the pangolins uh, uh, diverge from the placental mammals uh, about 100 million years ago. Well. So, it's a long time. Or preceded the placental mammals by 100 million years. Sorry. That's even more impressive. (laughs) Yes. So, they've been around for a long time. Uh, The word pangolin is also from the Malay word pangulung, which I had to figure out how to pronounce, which basically means to roll up or one who rolls up which is what they do when they feel threatened and protect their middles and organs um, because their outer yeah their outer is super protective as we talked about their scales on june 5th 2019 the national forestry and grassland administrative administration so the nega in china announced an uplist of pangolins from class 2 state protection to class one under the wildlife protection law because of how endangered they are following on june 9th of the same year so 2019 china also officially removed the pangolin scale from the 2020 edition of the traditional chinese medicine pharmacopoeia so it's pharmaceutical pharmaceutical encyclopedia 
That's so nice. That's a huge step. That's it amazing. is a huge step for China, especially because it's such a traditional medicine mm-hmm. of their scales. I, I don't know if you're going to go back into that, Nicole. Yes, I have okay, some perfect. good information on that. Yeah, that was some crazy historical information that I found. Uh, so. <laughs> millions and millions of years ago to like just a couple years ago. <laughs> right? It's such a big jump, though. I feel like nothing, there was nothing that I found that was really in between. Yeah. So. Penguins just aren't well known and well researched yet. And we're still learning about them, but it's so hard because they're so endangered. It is. They're really hard to learn about. So. <sighs> hopefully, go for it. Hopefully soon. That we can save them and learn more about them. Yeah. Hopefully this podcast helps you learn about pangolins. Pangolins. We should spell it for you so you know how to spell it to look it up. It is. Yeah. P-A-N-G-O-L-I-N. Pangolin. Watch those videos. They're cute. They're so cute. Um, And they're just so awesome, too. They're totally BAs. Very much so. Okay, so... They, so they are insectivores, so they eat mainly ants, termites, and larvae. A lot of bugs. They eat a lot of bugs. Um, it's estimated that a single pangolin consumes more than 70 million insects a year. What? Now, going back to my ant phobia, you can see why I would love a pet pangolin. <laughs> Keep all That's them true. ants away from me. <laughs> just termites. slip them all up. Yeah. With their and, long tongue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such a gross sound for people to hear. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm tempted to do it now, but I won't. I shall refrain. You can do it at the end. There we go. We'll space it out. <laughs> Our slurping sound. Intermissions. <laughs> gross. Um, they don't have really good vision, but what they lack in vision, they make up with excellent sense of smell, which helps them find their food and pinpoint the location of their meal underground or under tree bark. They use their sharp claws to open up anthills and break off the bark of trees, and then they use their really long tongues to slurp up their food. I almost Um, tried to slurp again. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, and then they have an overactive sal- salivatory gland. Is that how you say that? Salva- sal- I think so. Sal- Salivation? I don't know. Gland. They have a lot of saliva. Saliva? Uh-huh. They have an overactive saliva gland. <laughs> that keeps their tongue wet and sticky. So, like, their saliva is sticky. So that way they can just <laughs> stick their tongues in the ant ant holes or whatever the ant hills <laughs> and eat all their food <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm killing j-lo over there <laughs> um, sorry um they don't have teeth what's with all of us finding the animals without the teeth right um, so they don't have teeth, but they do have really strong stomachs that are lined with, like, these spines of sorts um, that help them to digest. And then they also sometimes will swallow small stones to keep, um, to help them mm. crush and digest their food as well, which is something similar That's that smart. birds do. 
when they're eating because they eat a lot of those annoying little bugs that try to bite them. They can't bite them because they're covered in scales, for one. And then they have really, really thick eyelids, so they can't get to their eyes. Then they can also, on demand, close off their nostrils and their ears to protect the insects from going in their nose or ears and biting them. So, I think that's cool. Do they close them with flaps, or do they just, like... like, constrict them. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'd have to plug my nose and then, like, inhale really hard. And it only lasts right? less than a second. A second, yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed it. Are listening to us trying to do that? Jayla's still trying. All the, all the noises. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so that's what they eat and how they hunt with their claws and tongues. <laughs> and then their biggest threat is humans, because of us poaching, um, which I will talk more about that later but some small information on poaching is that it is their biggest threat along with some habitat loss but it is estimated that more than one million have been poached in just the last decade um and then their natural predators that aren't humans it are like lions hyenas and snakes so when they're under attack they'll curl up into a ball kind of like what you imagine an armadillo doing and they'll curl up protect their insides as jayla said And then they use their tail as well to kind of, like, finish their little ball-up curl. And they just kind of stay like that. It's super cool. It is super cool. And they're, like, not super facet. They're kind of like, yeah, now I'm a ball. (laughs) But they're so good at it. And they're so strong that it's, like, near impossible for the animals to, like, get, get them. And then their scales are also really sharp. So it'll cut the animals that are trying to break them open. And then if they do get attacked before they can curl up into a ball, they'll swing their really muscular tail around to cut the predators as well. And then they also can uh, secrete a foul odor, that of a skunk, um, to fend off predators as well as mark their territory. So yeah, that's what I have. Interesting. That's what I have for that. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely did find uh, some stories about pangolins not attacking lions but basically defending themselves and then the lions end up getting cuts in their mouths or like mm-hmm. scraped up paws yeah. because they were attacking so ferociously but they can't get to them because the Mm-mm. scales are protecting them yeah I it's watched... kind of insane yeah it's so crazy i watched a video of this mom lion with like her two cubs um who were like older cubs they weren't like little babies but she went up to the penguin who was like crossing like this little dirt road and she went up to it and he just like <laughs> rolled up and then she was like pawing at him and moving him around and like trying to bite at him they'll like try to bite them hard enough that like will make them Mm -hmm. kind of open so it does happen but it's really hard for the lions or whatever to actually get the pangolin to open itself back up they have to like knock them over while before they roll up but uh she was trying really hard to get this pangolin and then she kind of like walked away for a minute and then the pangolin like peeked his head out and started walking again and then they came back over and just started pawing at his like scales again and the bait like the cubs had come up and he just rolled right back up and just hung out for a good while and they were like chilling under the shade and waiting and he would like peek his head out and start walking again and like as soon as they all came back over he just rolled back up (laughs) And just hang out until they finally, like, left him alone, and then he went on his way. 
those cats are probably just coming over and be like, this is a nice toy. It's interactive. <laughs> but it kind of hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And the pangolin is probably just like, oh my gosh, go away. <laughs> Leave just me alone. Take a little nap. Just stay there and yeah. nap. But don't I relax. imagine <laughs> rolling up into the ball is kind of like if you were sitting in ti- inside of a tire. Mm. Or if you were like in a hamster ball or one of those big blow up balls, but more protected because yeah. obviously those could pop. But <laughs> true, yeah. Kind of imagine it being like that. Yeah, I wonder what it would be like. Hmm. Huh. Anyway, <laughs> now we're both imagining what it would be like. <laughs> what it would be like to roll up as a penguin and then hear things like smacking at you. <laughs> That's true. But at huh. least you have really strong skills to keep you safe. That is true. environment so their environments as nicole mentioned uh particularly asian pangolins are being threatened by the loss of habitat due to expanding agriculture and other human uses otherwise pangolins do have a variety of habitats they can live in tropical and flooded forests thick brush cleared and cultivated areas and savanna grasslands obviously particularly in asia and africa They do most commonly occur where there is large numbers of their food can be found. So they obviously wouldn't live somewhere where they don't have ants or termites or larvae to eat. One of the interesting things about their homes is that they dig deep burrows uh, for sleeping and nesting that contain circular chambers. But these chambers... One of the facts that I found about these chambers is that they are so large that they have been discovered in terrestrial pangolin burrows that are big enough for a human to crawl inside and literally stand up in. Now, I don't know the height of this human, but if you take the average height of a human and you think about somebody standing up in there, that's how big their hole is in the ground. What? Can you imagine just walking along and then this cave just like caves in and you're like, what is happening? And you find yourself face to face with a pangolin and he's like, you broke into my home. I mean, he'd probably just roll up, luckily. Just don't swing at me with that tail. That's all I ask. That's true. (laughs) Don't touch me with your sticky tongue. (laughs) (laughs) My two requests. (laughs) Some. (laughs) So... Not all pangolins do make burrows. Some of them have been found to sleep in hollows or forks of trees and logs like the Sunda pangolins. Uh, so they can also find homes versus making their own. But that's about all I found on their environments and homes. That's Yeah, so. makes sense. But that's cool. That's so crazy yeah. about like how big they can make their burrows, though. That's so well, crazy. And also, why would they need something that big? Well, I mean, if it's a 73-pound pangolin, that's four feet long. I guess that's true. To spread it's out. probably the big burrows are for the big pangolins, the giant one. I don't think our little, little guy. What one was the littlest one again? The black-bellied one? Long tail? I don't think the long tail pangolin has that big of a burrow. Yeah. Unless well, maybe he's just... had coffee and has way too much energy. <laughs> He's just doing circles, like an armadillo <laughs> at the zoo. Oh. Like Have you me. seen those? No. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, Wisconsin has a zoo, and the armadillo, every time I went as a child, 
it was always just doing laps in its cages at night because it's in so like fun. a like, nocturnal area but it's okay. always super active so it's just literally running in circles and in and out of its home and doing laps it's so funny yeah i did look up so i quick looked up the average height of a human so the okay. average height of a male is 5.7 and the average height of a female is 5.2 so i'm 5.4 so i could possibly fit in a pangolin's burrow i could because yeah. i'm not even 5.2 <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You can sleep in the ground. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't think I would like to cuddle with the penguins. <laughs> I would like to see them for sure and maybe like yeah. gently pet them, but I don't think I want to cuddle them. They have sharp scales. That's true. But as long as they're not swinging it at me. Alrighty. Um, so their closest relative is. They look like they should, and they used to be believed to be related to anteaters and sloths for a while because they look like armadillos and anteaters and things, but they're actually now, they've been classified in their own group, and then they've also recently kind of, based on fossils and genetic evidence, been discovered that their closest relative is the carnivora group, um, which are like cats, dogs, and bears, which Hmm. I just find so crazy. So they they, could be related to our foxes. Yeah. (laughs) They could be. Even though they look like the love child of a pinecone and an anteater. (laughs) Did you find out, like, why? No. Huh. They're still, like, there's so much unknown about them still. Yeah. I wonder what puts them in that category. Like, what are the criteria that makes them... (laughs) I, I'm not sure. We'd have to. We can always look into it and then do a follow up. That's true. So, or you guys could look into it. And yeah, and then you up. can correct us if we're wrong. <laughs> um, they're not like. Uh, I forgot. Nah, nah. <laughs> they're. Um, let me see if I can find in this notebook what I wrote down for that. Because it was, like, they're related, but they're not, like, direct relatives. They're, like... Second cousins they're, like, on distant, their aunts but and uncles. Relatives. Um, so they're they are thought to have removed. various, ex- <laughs> like, relatives based on fossils and evidence that are carnivora. So oh, that's how okay. they that made that connection was based on fossils and genetic evidence. They were able to, like, tie the two together which i just think is so crazy that makes sense based on the fossils and evidence from 600 million years ago (laughs) is that what it was 600 i don't have i think you said four 60 sorry (laughs) not 600 (laughs) what was 600 million years ago i don't know we're gonna have to find out what was 600 million years ago dinosaurs I don't even know if dinosaurs... I don't even know, man. <laughs> I don't know anything. I only know what I look up. <laughs> or find out. <laughs> I didn't come prepared with that information. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm asking all the wrong questions. Tell us more <laughs> about the penguins. all the right questions. <laughs> I just don't have those answers yet. And you know what? Life lesson for y'all. It's okay to not have the answer. You can say, I don't know. Let me find out. It's okay to not know everything. That's true. <laughs> Okay, so their behavior and lifespan. 
So they are solitary creatures. They are very shy. Prefer living alone. Some websites said that they do sometimes live in pairs, but I'm not sure if that's like they actually do enjoy living in pairs or if it's just the moms with their babies and that's the pair that they live with for the time being. I don't really know. But most of them said that they are solitary and usually are pretty lonesome. They are nocturnal and they spend most of their time, like their day, in their burrows or in the trees. And then they just kind of walk around and they're finding bugs and they're marking their territory with their smelly stuff. And yeah, that's what they do with their day. And then no one really knows how long they live in the wild because there just hasn't been enough evidence on that and enough studying And then, based on who you ask how well they do in captivity, ultimately they don't do really great in captivity. They're not really meant for it because they get too stressed. Um, And for a long time they weren't really getting the right food. And and then there are, like, rehabilitation centers where they'll, like, they'll get rescued ones and they'll, like, nurture them back to health and then they release them so they don't really know that way. And then in zoos they just, they just don't do the best in zoos. So, some say they live up to five years in zoos, but others say they've been doing longer. So, just there's some contradicting information. And some websites say they can live up to 20 years in the wild, but they really just don't know. But in captivity, there have been some... There has been some minor success at the zoos with conservation efforts, with breeding them. A lot of them, when they come in, are rescues, and they're in poor health, so sometimes that doesn't help with the numbers of them being like, they just don't survive in zoos, but it could be that they just have a really sick pangolin, um, and they don't want to just snatch a bunch of wild ones out just to do it. They, you know, that's not the goal. But they are trying to get them to thrive in captivity, and they're also trying to get a really good genetic like pool going by breeding different penguins with each other so that way they can kind of save them so in the future they can re-release them and reintroduce them into the wild so that way they don't go extinct that's the goal because they're super endangered they're just trying to do what they can now to prevent them from going extinct right so if you breed penguins in captivity then you can create a better gene pool and re-release them and they'll have a better chance and then they'll just kind of repopulate themselves that's the goal it's kind of what is it there were like rhinos at one point who there were so few rhinos that they were just all kind of starting to breed with like one another so their genetic like their genetics are basically like bottle capping or bottle nosing mm-hmm. what is it like where they just like they just didn't have a vast variety so it's like Mutts for yeah. dogs are way healthier than purebreds because when you keep doing pure breeds, they're going to have the same health conditions and the same issues and they're just not going to have those benefits of mixing. Um, so that's why mutts mm-hmm. usually do a lot better and it's the same kind of thing. They don't want to just, you don't want to keep breeding the same ones with each other just to have babies because they're not going to improve. They're not going to, they're going to have the same health conditions and issues overall. So they're just trying to make sure that they have a good variety so that way they can hopefully save and protect this animal for the future. Right. Uh, One of the things that I did find specifically about the genes and Mm. zoos um, was that the penguins do have poor heat shock genes, which is a genetic thing. uh, And it possibly... 
they're not entirely sure. They're not 100% on if this explains their sensitivity sensitivity to stress and poor fates in Jews. Sorry, <laughs> in zoos. Getting tongue-tied over there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Basically, what that means is that the heat shock gene is the most evolutionary ancient (laughs) gene among the systems responsible for adaptation of organisms in harsh environments. So it does influence how something responds to stressful environments, not not just heat or temperature or anything. It's basically about uh, how they recover from stress or damages. Um, And that could be mental, that could be physical. But that's one of their guesses, is that because the pangolin doesn't have a strong heat shock gene, it might be less uh, likely to survive in the zoo because it's under that condition. Less adaptable. And it's out of its element. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Anyways. Well, thank you. It is really sad. <laughs> that's I, I found some other gene things that we can talk about later, but cool. that was one of the things that I thought tied in here. Nice. So. Mating and babies. Babies. Pangolins. They're so cute. So, uh, the only time pangolins do spend time together, from what I found, because there's also not a lot of evidence about them being in groups. What is the pangolin group? That is the question of the day. What do you call it? Any ideas? Have you come up with any thoughts, ideas, Nicole? No. no, I'm not punny or witty enough. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been thinking of anything. Maybe I, like a scale. Ah! <laughs> That's the only thing I've thought of. I do like that one though. <laughs> oh man, honestly, the saddest—it's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> the only thing that my brain can think of, which is so wrong, which will make sense more, is a group of penguins. Is dead it's so sad because the only time you see so many together is because they're all dead (laughs) because they're poached so bad that's so sad i know or they're Uh, for sale to be eaten but which i i found a whole story about that and it's just it's so depressing (laughs) the penguin one is they're so interesting but they're so sad it's such a sad story. Why are we talking about all these sad animals at the beginning of our <laughs> Foxes aren't sad. Well, they are if you talk about the huh. fur trade. <laughs> they're not even and closely the chicken to, coops. They're not even close to being endangered. <laughs> they are like the true. least concern. <laughs> that is true. Uh, Anyways. Anyway. So Mating and babies. They are very endangered because the only time pangolins spend time together is when they are mating or they are bearing young. Sometimes pangolin fathers will stay in the den until the single offspring is independent, but that's not necessarily true all the time or majority of the time even. So pangolins reach sexual maturity at two years old and most pangolins only give birth to a single baby. Um, two and three young have been reported in Asian species, so that's kind of hopeful. Maybe they can put that in the gene pool when they're making the perfect pangolin. (laughs) 
so that they produce more offspring so that we can have more pangolins. Yeah. I don't know how many pangolins are going to fit on a mom's tail, though. That might be an important <laughs> clause. Because when pangolins are born, uh, they are about six inches long and weigh three to 16 ounces. When they're born, their scales are soft. And so that's the time they to harden. cuddle them. <laughs> there you go, baby pangolins. Mm-hmm. They harden after two days, which is pretty oh, cool. That's, that's pretty so fast. fast. Yeah. Whoa. Which makes I I don't know when you think of like we don't actually know how long they live, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you think about they reach sexual maturity at two years old, after two days their their scales start to harden. Yeah. So if if that's the length that we do know it makes sense because it's on such a short scale it's just everything's shortened (laughs) (laughs) scale yes uh mom pangolins will nurture their young in nesting burrows and babies will nurse for three to four months uh, but they can eat turn mites and ants after one month so they can eat other things the babies will also ride on the base of their mother's tail until weaned at, uh, for three to four months as she forages for food. So as the mom is walking around looking for food that the baby could or doesn't want to eat, the babies will ride on their her tail, which is what your shirt design is, Nicole. It is. So it is. You check out Nicole's shirts. We got will a model them a baby. for you because we each have them. Um, yes. It's a little pangolin mom and a little pangolin baby. They're so cute. Yeah, and they're hanging out together and just says pangolin on it. <laughs> you can find it on my Etsy shop at Buy Poppy Morris. <laughs> Look at that plug. <laughs> B-Y-P-O-P-P-Y-M-O-R-R-I-S. <laughs> One word. One word. No All spaces. lowercase. <laughs> Pangolins, go support them. They are pretty amazing. Awareness. Any other baby facts? That's it. That's all I got. Those babies are just growing up, maturing, (laughs) having one baby. And hardening their scales after two days. I do like scales for like their group name though. I think it's very fitting. (laughs) A group Um, of pangolins is a scales. Is a scale. Is um, scales. I uh, looked up what a group of penguins is called to see if we wanted to try and get like inspiration from that. A group of penguins, when they're on land, is called a raft, and when they're in the water, they're called or no, we're in the water, they're called a raft, and when they're in the land, on land, they're called a called a waddle. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So I'm trying to think if we can come up with something. They can be called like the creepins. <laughs> the creepins because like of how they walk. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about something kind of like basketballs, you know, but because they turn oh, into a yeah. ball. Or like, what's a good group of uh, armad? Like, what's a group of armadillos called? I don't know. What's a group of like something like a sports thing or something, or like a something that like rolls up? <laughs> what's something that rolls up? That's like a group of... What's a group of rolls? A batch? We can call them a batch? <laughs> a <laughs> baker's dozen? <laughs> oh, batch so rolls? <laughs> we uh, are bakers. That is um, true. 
A group of armadillos? Uh, it's called a roll. Or Is a it? pack. That's what I found. A loaf? Because <laughs> they also like to be aloof. <laughs> but they're just loafing around. <laughs> What's a group of T-Rexes called? Uh, Tyrannosauruses. <laughs> Rexes. <laughs> we could call them Resurrexes. <laughs> Nope. Ty Tyrannosaur. Tyrannosaur. Yeah. Tyrannosaur. Uh how do we make that like a pangolin? A pangolosaur. A pangolosaur. A group of pangolosaurs. There's a group of pangolosaurs over there. But a group of scales. Bring up a good fact. Is because they don't hang out together, do they even do we need a group name? Do no, they need a group? But it's so fun because when we finally have it's enough true. of them, maybe they'll actually hang out together. Oh, or they'll so just cute. be a family because it's the mamas and the babies. They could all just roll out. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we should have saved this like happiness for the end. <laughs> I guess That's I true. do I do have We do a few... have some fun stuff. Yes. Some sad stuff. We do have some fun facts to end on, but I first have some really sad things to go over. Because right. the pangolins are so endangered and they are so poached. Here's why they are so poached. Um, sorry, I'm just thinking of poached eggs. Um, I was thinking the same thing, but this is not the time. <laughs> oh, <I> know, <laughs> so the main reason that pangolins are poached are for their scales and their meat. Um, their meat is considered a delicacy, and it's it's a high-class statement to eat it. So, if, like, you're eating pangolin meat, you're kind of proving and showing yourself, like, look at my worth, look at how rich and valuable I am because I can afford this pangolin. So, it's, like, a really high-class statement, and it's a delicacy. It can cost yeah. anywhere from $250 to $350 per kilo, per kilogram. Isn't that insane? Isn't that crazy? I, I just, so what? crazy. People. Yeah, somebody I found kind of called it like VIP only experience to eat it. Yeah. Because it's so expensive. Sorry, I'm it's looking crazy. up what a kilogram to a pound is so people have an idea. So one kilogram is about 2.2 pounds for people who need poundage, <laughs> which is yeah, 32 ounces basically. 36 ounces yeah that's a pound of butter costs less than four dollars i love how we both were gonna go towards butter (laughs) i was literally about to compare it to our butter (laughs) yes a pound of butter if you go to the grocery store is less than four dollars if you go to a restaurant store it's like 250 a pound (laughs) yeah but still and then a freaking two pounds of pangolin meat is up to like $350. I don't even spend that much money on a steak. Anyways. I hope not. You never broke, Nicole. (laughs) I would be. I would I would die from financial issues and also just die from internal issues. (laughs) I can't no, I can't digest it. Um okay. And then the fetus a baby feet like a fetus of the pangolin it it's called the fetus soup basically and it is consumed 
Because it is believed to enhance a man's virility. Oh. <laughs> I just... I don't have words uh, for that. Like, why? Why do you think eating this baby, adorable baby animal in your soup is going to increase and enhance that? Just get the blue pill! <laughs> um, the price uh, for that is unknown. And then there's scales. Um, they can sell from anywhere from $600 to $1,000 per kilogram. Which is also just bonkers because it is the same stuff of our fingernails and hair, people. <sighs> I don't get it. Um, and it's used uh, as a paste or as a powder um, in traditional Chinese medicine, but not anymore. So exciting. Whoa, whoa. Because it's believed it can help with arthritis, stimulating lactation, convulsions, stomach disorders, epilepsy, men- menstrual pain, treating wounds, spiritual protection, and many, many more. So it's blood circulation like blood. and cancer and cancer everything has to come back to curing cancer for being honest mm-hmm. but there is no science um evidence to back that up or to prove that that actually works um because they've proved that rhino horns which is made of the same thing can't do that obviously if you really need it just rip off your own fingernails and grind it up into that just chew your nails yeah chew your nails bad habits people my brother does it <laughs> I I I bite my nails. I luckily kind of have broken my habit, but when I'm, like, stressed or if they, like, chip weird, I end up biting them. And then my husband's like, stop biting your nails. (laughs) Um, And then back in the day, so sometimes they're also used, like, the scales are used for, like, fine trinkets of things crafty things basically um and then back in the day it there was a king that has like an entire armor made out of their scales so it was used for that sometimes which i mean their scales are really strong but not for us humans they are really strong so i found a cnn guy Mm -hmm. uh which is pretty interesting and he was literally just going to places and trying to by pangolin Mm -hmm. uh he didn't personally want to do it but his editor wanted him to try uh pangolin he wanted him to not only prove that it is possible but also to find out what it tastes like oh no i don't want to do it uh i found some okay interesting things so this guy goes on and he like does all this exploration and he takes a buddy uh who is like a helpful person in nature education um and he is going out and he really didn't want to try it. And his editor was like, well, what if it tastes delicious? He's like, well, I've tried a lot of other exotic animals and I don't really want to do this because it's not only illegal, uh, but he was also filming with a hidden camera and he just didn't feel comfortable. He just yeah. plain out did not want to try it. So they went to all these locations and I started to like, interrupt your segment no that that was all i had that was all i had so you're good oh okay cool (laughs) so he went to all of these restaurants uh and he the first stop that it made was a high-end restaurant with a regal looking lion etched into the window and everybody was the waitresses were all dressed alike they had sherbet orange blazers and gold polka dot dresses uh they showed him the menu and in the wild animal section near the back was a picture of a live pangolin so it's literally like going to a U.S. restaurant and looking at a picture of a live chicken, which mm. apparently restaurants do. I didn't know that. Mm-mm. 
uh, and it was labeled clearly as an appetizing preparation options, including blood wine, stir-fried pangolin skin with onion and mushroom pangolin, steamed with ginger and citronella, pangolin steamed with Chinese traditional mes- medicine, and for the unadventurous, the people who would rather eat pangolin at Chili's, there's grilled pangolin. This is literally, like, word for word, <laughs> his, uh, what he found. Um, and then he goes into the pricing, which we already talked about. But the waitress literally told him it's not dead. It's not from a meat freezer. They literally bring out this live pangolin and kill it in front of you. Yeah, he couldn't believe it either. Nicole's mouth literally dropped. But they do this because some people are really skeptical and don't think that they're actually being served pangolin meat. Oh my gosh. his follow-up question was, why? And it's because they don't want to, they want to make sure that you know it, there's no substitute. It's pangolin meat. He asked also, won't their blood be everywhere? And to that, she laughed. Uh, she said, of course, it wouldn't, uh, because it's going to be taken care of. They have their own protocol or whatever. But we'll serve the blood to you with wine, if you would like. So, he's sitting here. This is a nightmare. Right? Uh, And he's like, he asked if it was served here, and they said yes. He asked if they've ever tasted it, and they said yes. What does it taste like? Delicious. That was literally the repetitive answer that he found almost everywhere he found served pangolin, because nobody really wanted to describe it. Everybody just said it was delicious. Um, And he asked... Right. He asked, what does it taste like? So one of the things was he found people would say, absolutely, it's the best thing you've ever tasted. Um, It's delicious. It's great. Oh, it's amazing. You'll never want to eat anything else was one of the answers. Uh, He also found that people compared it to chicken. So everything tastes like chicken, apparently. It's because chicken Um, absorbs its flavor. Yeah. One person said it was gamey, like duck. Um, Good, but not too good. Good enough if you would eat it again. And they said, no, I have hypertension. And then one person did say it tastes like ants, which I don't know why they'd know what ants taste like, but that's something else. He did ask several other people, and one person said that they had it at an end-of-the-year university party. Another ate it um, not to blow his cover as an investigator. But there's also a penalty to eat pangolin meat, uh, and it's $25,000 or seven years in prison. Dang. One of the other restaurants that he went to with his friend was uh, a restaurant, and it had a curtain with a, and with staff permission behind the curtain was three jars um, covered in red velvet and under a spotlight, so obviously it's like a prize thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So they were curious about what it was, and they asked staff permission, and inside contained floating lizards, bare arms, king cobras and pangolin and they were all floating in rice wine and they are served as wines gross later uh his friend actually reported it to the police and it it was later reported that they removed them from the restaurant so all of that saying they did go back to the restaurant that slits the pangolin right in front of you um, that restaurant served pangolin, pangolin scales, pangolin tongue, 
um, which I know you didn't go over, but in China, it's told by he was told by a separate investigator that the penguin tongue, um, that foot long tongue, that extremely long tongue, longer than a foot, <laughs> yeah, is served, is dried and carried in a person's pocket as a good luck charm, kind of like a rabbit's foot. So they don't sell it to eat, okay. but they sell it as like a like a rabbit's foot. Okay. And then they also serve the fetus. Um, At least with rabbit's feet, rabbits multiply like no other, and there's a bazillion of them around. Yeah. (laughs) All of that to be said, they went back to the restaurant. They didn't want to eat it. But his friend told him that if you order it, just to order it, they're literally killing a pangolin. And he couldn't deal with that, like, morale on him. So they they ordered the foe instead. Nice. Which is a great ending to that incredibly disturbing story. Yes. But I was really proud that they didn't actually order it. Agreed. They never got it. Agreed. So. Oh, that's so sad, though. That that's a. Why is this a thing? Yeah, that was that was the worst story I found, uh, and it, I, that I found that just trying to find the price of pangolin meat and what does it taste like. Ugh, so gross. Where is it? I, I need to save because it's got the price for rhino horn and a bunch of other crazy things. But here are some of the craziest things that people pay a crap ton of money for. Um, so it's like rhino horn, tiger bone glue, tiger penis yeah. wine, bear Isn't bile. I found that too. <laughs> and then the pangolin fetus, which is unknown. But like, oh man some crazy intense stuff out there why would you want to drink penis wine from a tiger (laughs) why is that a thing probably enhances your dudism (laughs) i'm gonna drink tiger penis wine too uh i mean it's probably cheaper than the penguin fetus soup (laughs) anyways i don't know it's probably price unknown because nobody wants to tell you. Uh, yeah. Got any other stories Sorry. or anything? Uh, I have information about their genes, and then I've got a bunch of fun facts uh, cool. and some famous pang- uh, pangolins. Excellent. So, so, some of the gene facts that I found is because they uh, have pseudo. Uh, I'm gonna butcher this the first time. Pseudogenized genes. Uh, which are essentially genes that have diverged in sequence so greatly from the ancestral one. That So basically, genes get passed down, right? So they've gotten passed down so far from the original gene that they no longer function. Oh, right, right, right. Um, so these genes can arise from having an extra copy, and that's usually how it happens. And then one of the genes goes on functioning while the other just does different things. It accumulates different mutations. Weird. So one of these genes is called an enam, which encodes the largest tooth enamel protein uh, and is full mature, or full premature stop codons. Um, so it duplicates and del- does deletions. And this gene is uh, for the enamel proteins, and I'm not going to pr- attempt to pronounce those enamel proteins because I couldn't even find like a Google like how do you pronounce this? Because <laughs> it was such an intense word. Mm. Anyways, 
but it's the gene that basically helps or doesn't help but it causes animals to not have teeth okay so because that gene has been passed down so many times eventually they were like hey we don't need teeth so then they stopped passing it down and the gene started doing something else so other animals that have this gene are the baleen whales birds and some turtles so that's kind of cool yeah one of the other genes that has been passed down that doesn't really do much is their vision gene. And so it's been basically mutated into silence. Uh, that's why their vision is so poor. Makes sense. So I'm assuming what the guess is that 60 million years ago, the penguin might have had teeth or might have had really good vision. 600 but over time, million years ago. Oh, is that what I said? 60 million years ago. <laughs> no, I was making fun of you for earlier when you were like, oh. 600 million years ago. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you did say 60 million years ago. Okay. But they might have had those genetics. Yeah, they might have had those things. Uh, also, one of the other genes that was found was the interferon epsilon one, which is the gene that protects it from the first line of defense against skin infections. But oh. now that they have those scales, they don't really need that gene so if you don't need it then throw it out yeah the malayan uh or malayan pangolin has three so not all the pangolins are missing these genes the the malayan pangolin has three of these genes the chinese pangolin has two and other mammals though have sets of ten so that's kind of how you can put it on the spectrum of these pangolins have less than everyone else so crazy. That was kind of interesting. That is crazy and interesting. Yeah. Those are all your gene facts for jeans. the genes on the pangolin. That'd be cute. <laughs> little like skinny jeans. Yeah. Little, little short, Levi's. Stubby ways <laughs> as they walk around. Uh, that'd be cute. Mm-hmm. Cool. Are you ready for famous? Yes. Pangolins? Cool. So the most fang- famous pangolin I found, her name is Honey Bun, which is really oh, cute. I saw a little documentary about her. Yeah. So the documentary you probably saw was the world's most wanted animal. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yep. Or like little clips of it? Yeah. Um, so that premiered in 2018 on May 23rd. Um, so Honey Bun is, was saved by a conservationist, Maria Dickman. Um, for those of you who haven't seen the documentary, she unexpectedly became a surrogate mom to the orphaned baby pangolin in 2015. Honey Bun's mother had, serious, had been seriously abused, so she had literally been kicked around like a ball. <gasps> and it was most likely on a concrete floor because when they found her, they found streaks of paint on the mom's scales. Aww. Poor mama. Yeah. However, Honey Bun didn't suffer any damage. Um, That's good. Thanks to her mom's protection. So her mom was so traumatized, though, that when they had her, she literally escaped at the first chance. Uh, and she hadn't been seen since. And so Honey Bun was left behind and came into Maria's possession. And so she has been taking care of Honey Bun. Maria and Stephen Manja, I think, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but they are, Stephen is another caretaker at REST, which is Rare and Endangered Species Trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both take care of Honeybun, or took care of Honeybun, and they would take Honeybun on five-hour walks a day so that she could forage for food. I love it. With her really long tongue. Yes. That's amazing. Um, 
Yes. With over 80 million online followers, they teamed up with Chinese superstar model and actress Angela Baby, which is her stage name. That's not her real name, but that's what she's most known for uh-huh. uh, or known by. Uh, team, they teamed up with Angela Baby and Wild Aid, which is an environmental organization based out of San Francisco, California, uh, that focuses on reducing the demand for wildlife products. And they also teamed up with Nature Conservancy China to create a pangolin media campaign for distribution throughout the mainland of China. That campa- that campaign launch video that featured Honey Bun, so that's how it ties back to Honey Bun, uh, was viewed online in China over 25 million times Dang. in one day. Whoa. The first day it was released. Whoa. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Unfortunately, Honey Bun did pass on July 6th in 2020 from an illness. I didn't figure out what illness. Uh, I didn't, there wasn't a lot of information. But Honey Bun was one of the healthiest pangolins that we have video, video footage of. That's so, awesome. Because she was with Maria. She was well so, taken thanks, care Maria. of. Thanks, Maria. Thanks, Maria. Thank you, Rest. Yes, it's pretty pretty insane. Pangolins do also become featured in other movies. So there was a pangolin in the movie Kumba, which is a 2013 movie of a South African zebra. It's animated. Uh, the zebra had half of its stripes and was blamed for the lack of rain by its herd. Aww. So it goes on this entire adventure to earn his stripes. And along the way, he meets a pangolin who survived extinction by mastering a skill. Now, it wasn't, like, mastering a skill of growing his scales. Some of the skills include, like, DJing or singing (sighs) or dancing. Yeah, Yeah. so it was kind of in that realm. That's adorable. It's still really cute. (laughs) Yeah. I also found a little skit for Pangolin, like, talking about them and trying to save them. It's about this pangolin. It's also animated, and he is doing, like, a little... Hollywood shoot he's like if I go to Hollywood then people will learn about pangolins and then we'll be safe and it was really really cute I don't know if that one actually aired but Mm -hmm. it was it's out there um yes the pangolin was also featured in South Park's uh 308th episode on September 30th in 2020 uh titled the pandemic special um and that was just featured last year so that was cool. I don't watch South Park, so maybe you guys have seen it. I don't it, but either, but maybe. It's still cool. Yeah. South um, Park, way to go. Raising yeah. awareness of the pangolin. <laughs> yeah. And then at one point in the new film of the uh, Jungle Book, uh-huh. sorry, uh, Baloo the bear convinced Mowgli to climb up the side of a mountain to retrieve honeycombs for him, right? Uh-huh. When all the other jungle animals see what's happening they gather around to watch the show so one of them tells Baloo that there's no way this man cub will survive the task and Baloo tells him to be quiet or else Baloo will make the animal even more endangered than it already is Is that endangered animal is a pangolin I have to go back and Um, watch that now yes so that's fantastic uh, Basically, Baloo gets irritated because this scaly-looking creature calls Baloo out for his terribly selfish plan to get honey. Aww. Go pangolins. So, those are the famous pangolins. Our batch. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Our batch of penguins. Our batch of penguins. Our scales. Our buns. <laughs> our batches. Our buns of penguins. Our bun. Our cinnamon rolls of penguins. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, that's okay. all I got. Cool. Lightning round time. They are covered in as many as one thousand scales. Whoa. They have three front claws and five toes on their back feet. Uh, so their front their front feet have three claws each, and then their back feet have five toes. <laughs> um, they walk kind of like a T Rex. <laughs> uh, lions struggle to break them open once they curl up. The Asian penguins um, they have hair in between their scales, while the African penguins do not. <laughs> they. Have a top speed of up to three miles per hour. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> um, and then their scales are really strong and they will grow back fast if they are broken to protect themselves. That's so cute. Um, penguins make um, very few sounds when they walk or climb. Their scales can be heard rubbing against one another. And then when awakening or feeding, they snort <laughs> and shuff audibly. Males also rarely make a soft hooting noise. Interesting. I love that I they snort. That interesting too. <laughs> yeah. That's so cute. I think that's funny. Cool. Uh, I only have a couple facts because we talked about cool. most of them. Uh, Mother pangolin will protectively roll around her baby when sleeping or if they're threatened. Aww. So Honey Bun's mom protected her while she was sleeping. Or while she was cute. getting threatened, but they can also mm-hmm. do it while they're sleeping, which is really that cute. Is adorable. And the last, uh, oh, this is a sad one. I'm sorry. I'm <gasps> oh no! Sad one. I should have reordered these. Last decade, uh, more than 80 metric tons of pangolin scales were confiscated worldwide. Aww. But they're cute. <laughs> Live pangolins and pangolin babies. <laughs> Did you talk about in the mating um, how the males won't go to the females? They'll mark their territory so the females come to them. What? No, I did not talk about that. So (laughs) males, there we go, happy ending. When it's mating season, the males don't go and seek out the females. They mark their territory with their urine and feces and they attract the females to them. And the females go and find the males. Instead of the males finding the females. So there you go. (laughs) Interesting. That is pretty cool. Not very common in the animal kingdom. No. Not at all. Hmm. All right. Pangolin. That's the pangolin. (laughs) That's the scoop. That's the scale. (laughs) That's the scoop. (laughs) So what is a group of pangolins called? A scale, a batch, a, a scale, roll, a baker's dozen. Uh, I like a scale. I like a scale. What do you think? Email us at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> if you have any experience with penguins, please also let us know. Or any other animals that you want us to know about. Yeah. Have you crawled into a penguin's burrow and stood up? <laughs> Do you fit in a pangolin's burrow? <laughs> or what do you think we should uh, call a group of pangolins? Yeah, I think that's the question of the podcast. <laughs> yep. 
what do we call a group of penguins? All right. Well, thanks for joining us and thanks for listening. Sorry, this episode was kind of sad, but raise awareness for those penguins. Go and buy penguin shirts and go tell everyone about them. They need our love and support. They They look like little T-Rexes when they walk. I don't know how you could eat that. I know. They look like little pine cone T-Rexes. Yeah. You have to look them up. They are so funny. Just creeping along. (laughs) They're so cute. (laughs) So cute. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, animal lovers. This has been the Animal Facts Podcast with Nicole. And Jayla. Please like and subscribe so we can continue with your support and sharing fun animal facts with you. We are also looking forward to hearing from you, our listeners. So feel free to email us at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com with facts you want us to cover, facts you want us to correct, cool or crazy stories you have involving animals we have talked about in the past or may be talking about in the future, or any wild or domesticated (laughs) animals you'd like us to research and add to our list. We want to hear from you and feature your stories as well, so feel free to email them to us. You can also follow us on Instagram at Animal Facts Podcast for updates and other random things. Click the link in the description for our resources, merchandise, and other cool things. Thank you for listening, liking, subscribing, and supporting us in our animal discoveries and adventures. And a special thanks to my best friend Jewel for our music. Until Until next time, bye! You got our last really random animal fact that has nothing to do with penguins? I do. Are you ready? I am ready. So this has nothing to do with penguins. Bees make a whoop sound when they bump into each other or are startled. (laughs) What? They make a whoop. Whoop. A whoop. (laughs) Whoop. There you go. (laughs) There we go. Don't go whooping. I'm the worst. (laughs) Don't go whoop a bee.